This podcast is brought to you by Media8. Welcome to the Two Cripples, One Pair of Legs podcast, where every fortnight, your hosts, Adam Shepard and Natasha Price, take a long, hard look at the world through the eyes of two people who believe in grabbing life by the balls and squeezing tighter than Borat in a mankini. The good, the bad, the often cringeworthy, but most importantly, the hilarity that can and often does ensue. If you're looking for fluffy sunshine and rainbows, My Little Pony meets Care Bears type of purity, you've probably come to the wrong place. If you're after good conversation, warped humour, quick wit, a touch of sarcasm, two proud people with disabilities with the no-holes-barred, leave-no-stump-unturned outlook on life, welcome home. Groovy, hello. Hi there, how you doing? (laughs) Great. Great. Well, good. Thank you for that response. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's been, um, it's it's definitely been an interesting week. I I love how we start this off every week. Like we've not seen each other for the weekend. And like we've been in each other's company all day long. (laughs) But no, it has, it's been a fun week, an interesting week and and we have lots to talk about today. We've got lots going on at the moment. Oh, we do. It's crazy. I need a... Drink and lie down, I think. <laughs> Just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But anyway, you're feeling good? Yeah, I am feeling good. Energised for today's show? Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring so it. today we have got an incredible guest with us. The amazing I'm really excited about this. Ciala Thake. Um, I will introduce her just in a moment. But um, yeah, really excited about what we're going to talk about in today's show. Oh, I know. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So... On the weekend, yes, we did something really cool, didn't we? We did. We did the. Well, you did something really cool. Well, I, we both did something really cool. Yeah, it's just, but I it's, did, it's it's a little bit more unusual for you. I just did something that I've never done before, and well, not the way I did it anyway. I should probably explain. Explain, <laughs> yes. So you're making a little bit of sense. Yeah, yeah. So we both took part in the Sunshine Coast Marathon Festival. We did. On uh, Sunday. We did. Which was awesome. They do a, such a good job they are of that. fantastic. Atlas, yes, the, the guys events. at Atlas Events are, are wonderful. They're incredibly inclusive in the way they do things. Yeah. So um, it's, it's always fun to take part in their events. And, and Sunny yeah. Coast Marathon is probably my favourite event yeah. on the race calendar. It's, am- it's amazing. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So you did, you did the half marathon. I did just the half marathon which is, this time, which is a step down from what you normally do. It is, it is, but um, we'll, we'll talk about my reasons yes, why afterwards. Exactly. Yeah, and and and, and I kind of took it up a notch. You did. <laughs> so you went from doing your ten k in your day chair, yeah. to going up to the twenty one point one and doing the half marathon. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And don't act like it was hard work. You enjoyed it. Was hard work. You enjoyed it in a day chair. In you this. in I've done lots in my day chair. It's yeah. not that difficult. You were fine. No, it was. It was good fun. I, I wish there was, you know, somebody had maybe taken the hills out of the course a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there there are some there are some crazy big hills on that that circuit. That's for yes. sure. But, but no, but you you surprised yourself, didn't you? Because at the end of the day, you were expecting to be sore as hell afterwards, but actually pulled up okay. And actually, it wasn't that. Bad. Yeah. Like I was a little bit sore in the sh- bit tight in the shoulders. I wouldn't even say it was sore. It was just tightness. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So um, no, it was. Good it, job. It, what an amazing experience, and it was. Yeah. Um, I might do it again one day. You will. <laughs> you will hundred percent do it again. No, seriously, dude. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud um, of you because it's it's. I I don't think people understand the difference between a day chair and a racing chair and and the kind of you know extra effort it takes to be able to get around a course like that in a day chair so yeah totally um, agree yeah so, you know fantastic work yeah i think people are cursing me because they like all these people were passing me going up this big long hill 
And then coming back down the other way, I was passing them because I was just like, ah, look, mum, no hands. <laughs> and <laughs> flying down the hill. Yeah, and, um, good job. Like, Come back here. Good job. Anyway, well done. Would you? Thank you. It was it was great. They they do a great job. It's a I and I enjoy it. I love the atmosphere. The people are great. Yeah. Uh, we get to catch up with friends. We do. You know, yeah, we'll we talk do. about that. Though. We will. We will. Anyway, should we get into this week's show? Oh, we should. Do you want to introduce our? Yes. After you press the button. Oh, I've got to press the button. You do. Yeah. Do right, it. Yeah, yeah. Come I'm, on. I'm pretty shit at this still, aren't I? <laughs> I know. Considering this is episode 22, my god. Found it. The water cooler. Graziella's sat there now thinking to herself, what the hell was that all about? So, <laughs> hey, Grazia, it's nice to have you on. So we, the water cooler, it is our segment where we interview people. It's a conversational style, like a chat around a water cooler in the I office. I was thinking you were going to the bathroom. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? Okay, I've got a bit of water flowing. Where is that coming from? Oh, okay. yeah. It's so funny. Every time we hear that little intro sound, we're like, oh, God, I wish we'd gone to the toilet before. <laughs> <laughs> beforehand okay, we're gonna get yes. really intimate at the very beginning of this <laughs> yeah. yes always okay, do right. yeah, get it out of the way <laughs> yeah, i can yeah, say that exactly That's all right, we'll get familiar <laughs> <laughs> right so i'm going to tell everyone here about graziella and i've just realized i'm going to have to move my ipad because i can't see it my god okay Sucks being blind. Do it does no yeah. it's, all good. it's all good it's all good all right no, glasses don't really help you, do they? No, no, no. difference whatsoever. Can't mm. see, can't see shit anyway. Not seeing anywhere from here. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. Not like me deteriorating every five seconds. Uh, yeah, it's never Give fun, me a is little it? Bit more COVID, not. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Graziella Thake, CEO in leadership and sports tech, is a dynamic leader with over three decades of experience in social impact education outcomes. She's a skilled facilitator, trainer, and speaker with a history of achievement in forensic corporate and sports psychology such a varied background love it um, with experience in all four global sectors and leading local market development in multiple cultures Graziella has led and developed multidisciplinary teams across various industries including education government mining health sport and corporate Graziella has worked with 24 multinational brands and is known for her humility, experience, knowledge and a straightforward approach to any project and team for lasting long-term sustainable performance optimization. She is a diversity champion and team enabler focused now on four sectors of crucial development in Africa, the US and Asia. She is also a founder of the mergers acquisition space of a method called transformational leadership 30 years ago and developed a transitional program for resilience within change management. She's gone on to develop world first curriculums for transitions in sport and an evolutionary program for innovation support and entrepreneurship. That's one hell Holy of a bio. Mark. You know what? You could have just said, hey, this is my friend Grazi. I know, right? Um, she's kind of like done a few different things and we'll just chat about that later. Yes. <laughs> I know. Instead It'd of going to my LinkedIn. You said that sounds easier. really, really good. I know. It sounds great, doesn't it? I, I know. Whenever whenever I re- read my LinkedIn bio, I'm like, oh, that person sounds like I want to know her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like going, that's really, really great. Okay. All right. Let's go. All righty. So anyway, we've, we've known Grazi for a little while now. 
now, mm. and um, it it's um, can't get rid of you. No, I know. No. We're, we're, like, we're like bad I go, smells I'm not <laughs> everywhere. I go. Oh my god, it's you! Yes, you're here. All right. <laughs> we just yeah, we, we just we run into each other at different events now, don't we? We literally like, do. We collide a lot. We, yeah, we you do. You tried to nick my car last time. Yes, I did. That wasn't good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I the was ca- speaking the car at that the, event yeah, and you were trying to get my car. Oh yeah. 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 You tried to take my car off the, me and I the, said the no, orange. that's not going to happen. Yeah. The, no. the orange car. What the was one it? that I wanted to get was a brand new orange. Car. I was yeah. really. Orange is my favourite colour. Yeah. His favourite colour too. too. Yeah. Oh, really? Mine too. I like cantaloupe orange. Would you oh. really? Would you really fight a guy in a wheelchair over a car? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I figured, Hell yeah. I figured Do as not much. press the diversity <laughs> button with me. You know you and I are on the same level about lots of things. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So before, you know, we get, you know, 10 paces at dawn between you two fighting <laughs> over the car. <laughs> you know we, I love you. Yeah, I know. We love you too. We... We've so we've seen you at the women in sports event just just recently. So yes. and you've got quite a, a background knowledge in in sport and sports psychology and that side of things. So we're really really going to deep dive into that a little bit. But first of all, we want to talk to you about the optimization hub. Yeah. So so you are the CEO of the optimization hub, um, based on the Gold Coast here at. Uh, yeah, well, that's an interesting yeah. story, really. So <laughs> I came back to Australia um, eight years ago, and I grew up in Sydney. My kids fell in love with the Gold Coast, and I've got to admit, so did I. I sort of, I love the outdoors. I love the freedom to do sport mm. at any stage. We were getting over, you know, loss of family members, mm. and I just wanted to come back to, you know, I'd wake up and I would literally hear the kookaburras when I was waking up before I came back so um come back here and then speaking with Scott Draper and a number of other people in sports spent time with KPMGs and I thought I was going to just slide into doing something with the big four Mm. release my passion and love of entrepreneurship and um soon found a real passion to solve an ongoing problem with transitions from sport Mm -hmm. so I know you gave me that lovely credential about sports psychology um, my background was in forensic psychology mm. and in change management. And I think mm. in working with uniform populations and having worked in maximum security jails and being tasked with a number of key things around transitions and, and you know, change management, I think you can't help but love our young population. Mm. And you can't help but say, wow, you know, anything I do has to be a footprint for the next generation. Yeah, love that. And sport is all about leaving the jersey better than where you found it. Mm -hmm. So don't shoot me for this, but I'd worked with the Junior Māori All Blacks way back when I came out (laughs) of forensics. And I think what that taught me was a respect for the influences of tribalism and the love of the jersey and Uh where that that comes from. And I was born in Mumbai, India, and I Mm -hmm. grew up in Sydney in the days when you got called something different for who you were Mm -hmm. and you were punished for that difference. And I think what sport gives us is unification around something that we call our colours and we're all Mm -hmm. together. But sadly... We haven't quite got there around some of the things that my generation of women who I admire and respect and men Mm. who fought hard for, um, you know, I got told to stop playing football when I was 16 because there was nowhere to go with it. And my kids would argue I'm not very skilled. Um, (laughs) But I... I love and respect everything that testing your boundaries gives you. Mm. Yeah. So 
choosing careers like forensics is testing my boundaries. Mm. Um, and I think the tenacity that our young people get from really exploring sport and sport for development mm-hmm. and being able to try to look at things to derive their health. Yeah. I mean, you guys know this. We've talked yeah. about this. Mm. We've chatted about pushing your boundaries, seeking your limits, yeah. going out there and doing things. Sport's got an amazing way to unify us. Yeah. And I think whether you're a professional or you're giving it a go because of your health or because you just want to, to see how good you can get, mm. I think the playground gives us a unique way to learn about challenge and change. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. So how did that lead to you starting the optimization hub? How, how did that... Because oh. I'm sure it's... I'm sure it's big a, gaps yeah. and holes that didn't get closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We, we monetize sport, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, the monetization of sport a couple of decades ago was amazing. It was prolific. We all started going, we can become professionals 20, 30 years ago. And... Unfortunately, what happened was we didn't professionalise as much as we're saying we professionalised because we yeah. forgot to educate. Yeah. Um, and so the biggest problem in the world at the moment is mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an ongoing issue with mental health that's just rising post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And as much as we love the event of sport, post the event yeah. is the postpartum kind of stress, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and post coming out of sport we haven't really transitioned our athletes well. So we're an no. onboarding and on offboarding mechanism support. It's it's about saying, okay, if you're going into sport, let's look at developing your identity, your resilience, um, the four legs of your stool, not just one, mm-hmm. and making sure that you're doing everything else in life as well as you're doing sports. So that yeah. when you come out of it, you've got something to come out of yeah. too. Yeah. And you're a whole person. And sport's mm-hmm. just another part of you that you've really developed. Yeah that can help you to do other things. Mm-hmm. Sadly, we know that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people transitioning out of sport transition out in a not a great way. Yeah, 100%. We and that was going to be that was going to be the next thing I, w- I was going to ask you about because we found in what we do at Invincible um, a similar thing where we've worked with some athletes that have have come out of sport mm-hmm. um, whether it be through, you know, they've just retired because they, you know, they've done their time or, you know, they've retired early because of injury and things like that and there's just there's been nothing there for them at the end of that there's mm-hmm. been no no way to move them forward and no and no, cl- no clear defined pathway to yeah. figure yeah. and and I think I mean the one thing we always talk about is is their, their loss of um, their why, their understanding of what's now driving them forwards physically. Because I think as an athlete, you're so driven, you're so focused, you know you know what your why is, you know what your passion is. And when that's taken away, it can really, really affect you. Um, as, as, a, as a child of a professional football player in the UK, I watched my dad have to leave football through injury Granted, he was coming towards the end of his career at that point, which, you know, luckily enough. But however, even in the Premier League, they weren't really supporting their their, their players to then go on and find a career path and, and life afterwards. And that can really, really hit and, and has hit a lot of the players from his generation really, really harshly. Um, you see lots of depression. You see lots of you know drug use, alcoholism and, and, and so many bigger issues as a result of them losing I guess part of their identities and it's um it, it's really wonderful to see an organization doing what you guys are doing to try and tackle those issues because it's so much greater than people realize I think we well, look at the social and economic impact of mental health so if you just stopped and thought about that for a second 
what would have happened if your dad had received a nine-hour training program before he went into his professional career Mm -hmm. and then when he was coming out of his career, someone sat down and said, oh, here's a transitions program. So you can go into a transition cell and um, there are two or three steps you can take after that as well. The program, you know, went through that skill base, that Mm -hmm. growth base that he was going to be more mentally agile, he's going to be self-aware, he's going to look at his resilient skill sets, his goals, motivations, his autonomy, his influence, Mm -hmm. his decision-making capacity, his problem-solving, all the things that we take for granted that people actually think they know about but can't actually repagnate because you've come out of a system where you've been told what to do. And so you've got to come out and make choices. I remember one of the first um, camps I went into was an AFL camp and I remember saying to the guys, put down your phones, put down your your iWatches, now tell me what you're doing next week. I mean, Mm. it's really shocking and it's a, a question I want to ask your entire audience to stop and mm. think about mm. and yeah. anyone who wants to listen to this. Do you really think that the percentage of our population in sport that you see currently on you know, TV, audio, visual, in any sport that are really succeeding, do you think that our university students transitioning out of university, do you think our kids coming out of school are ready for life? Mm, probably not. And... Number one, do you think that they are confident enough and they are networked enough and they are capable enough of knowing and understanding how to work with their emotions Mm. and work with their minds and change behaviour sets so they don't react to but respond to problems yeah. mm. to succeed in life. Do you think they can do that? Yeah. I, I would I would say the overwhelming majority, no way. Because those are not the skills they teach in schools. They're not the skills that you are given to in, yeah. in you know, in your younger years. A lot a lot of people develop those skills over their lifetime if put in the environment that allows them to do that. But quite so often it's not the case. So how about we say to your listeners, thirty of the first listeners who come in We'll give them a free course, just a transitional resilience course, oh, to come in and get a breathe course with us, which mm-hmm. is just like five hours. It's not our big nine-hour course. Come in and experience that and see how you feel afterwards. Because we've had university section heads come through of nine sports in one university, as well as their leadership teams, mm. come through and do that course and just go, wow, we're like a different team from going through this and yet they're running their sports their sports are coming through our you know our athletes edge program um why are we growing so fast why have we attracted master trainers from 15 sports why are we representative of 16 countries Mm. why have we got 36 different you know experiences and iterations of our course in 36 different countries why is it that we've got languages now on our platform of white labeling is because we're answering a need and a problem we're trying to do it in accessible affordable ways because we know as an organization you want to be successful at what you do Mm -hmm. but we're driven by a cause and a reason Mm -hmm. and it's not hard like nine hours we're saying spend nine hours work with the system work with the you know and it's fun you've got to make it fun it's got to be entertaining you can't go talking about mental health all the time it's actually just learning how to be mentally elastic and agile. And here are some fun ways to go through it. And here's the course. And here's a way to kind of go into your brain gym and work with it. Mm -hmm. Because everything else is taught to us. We've got conditioning agents for our bodies. We've got conditioning agents for our food. We've got conditioning, you know, watching all of our time sprints. Mm -hmm. Who's conditioning your mind? Yeah, Yeah, there's there's never... um, 
never enough focus put on the importance of, of these skills and you know hence the reason we started up our business because yeah. at, at the end of the day um we're, we're very lucky in that we both naturally have those skills but many many people don't and they don't know they don't know where to turn to for that help and that support and that that's why it's so important that you're doing what you're doing we're doing what we're doing and and there are more avenues these days than ever to be able to go out and and tackle these issues yourself the only issue is if you're unaware it's something that you actually need to tackle that you you will never go out and seek help in order to sort that so um, that's why it's so important to do um, interviews like this it's so important to build awareness around courses and programs and and you know resilience mentoring that kind of stuff so that um so that more people can actually go out and and change their lives so that the better change their mindset change their way of thinking and develop the skills and tools needed in order to do that i think it's super important you know the thing i love about you guys is that um you know we we talk about the same things we feel the same passions mm. Different experiences, mm. yeah. but without rhyme or reason, you know, it, it's about saying that this is probably the most essential form of work that anybody can do. Mm. And you want to make it really positive and fun. I mean, yeah. our courses are so much fun. Absolutely. And they're fun. You get through them. You've got a learning management system. You've got an app. You've got other things that you can do. But what becomes, I think, the pe- the pinnacle part of it is everybody's pushing in the same direction. Mm. I don't actually understand why you know, we aren't just filtering this into sport as a system that's readily available. Like any other conditioning agent, here are the mental conditioning agents. Not, you know, and and I also want to just sort of say, you've got to have that professional ethic around it. Mm -hmm. We've got sports psychologists, we've got (laughs) medical doctors, (coughs) we've got experienced athletes on our team. Mm. And I think it's really important to get surrounded by that same level of professionalism no Mm. matter what you do. Not just... When you know you're our national team, yes. What what about when you've got our kids going through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're our most vulnerable. Yeah, right? It needs to be tackled right from grassroots. It's yeah. it's something that should be so totally ingrained from such a young age that it's not something that is going that when faced with challenges later in life, these kids actually know how to deal with it. They actually know what the next steps are, that they feel comfortable and prepared for the challenges ahead because everybody faces challenges. Everybody does. That's just part of life. But you know, the beautiful thing is that we all tackle it differently because of our circumstances. Sometimes when we're given a lot of stuff, we forget to be grateful for what we have to strive for. Yeah. Uh, You two remind me of that. I mean, I was... I was born in Mumbai, India. My father took me to the slums and said, Mm. you live here and just remember that you're responsible for what happens on the other side of the street. Mm. Um, Last year in Chennai, I spoke to 16,000 students Mm. and I'm constantly made aware by my team who come from a variety of different countries. My tech team is from Nigeria. Um, I have a team between South Africa, the USA, the UAE, you know, the EU and also the Pacific, everyone's got a different circumstance. And I Mm. think respect is that inclusion's about all those diversity pieces actually make our product better. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they allow us to capture and captivate something that I wrote years ago that's been transitioned through, you know, our learning management solution and through our technology people and our amazing leaders in our organisation, much better than I am, at what they do. 
they're teaching something in fun ways that have been affected by the very thing that we're talking about, which is it's about making this not a hard thing to learn but mm. an easy thing to acquire Yeah, because yeah, we're talking about it but the happiest people in the world are the people that don't make an issue out of their circumstance. Mm-hmm. They simply get yeah. on with it. Yeah. What gives them the skills, what gives you guys the skills and everyone else that I've seen that I so totally respect is that somewhere along the line life's given us lessons yeah. and it's taught us stuff yeah. and we've acquired you know, the degree qualifications or the things that kind of help work alongside this. Mm-hmm. I dreamed up the optimization hub when I was 14 years old. I didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah. I knew I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Then I landed back in Australia and I did it. And I didn't know that I was doing it until two years ago. Yeah. I was doing the one thing I'd always wanted to do was go out and solve the number one problem in the world. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. Yeah. We, we, and so we've talked about, with through all we talk about the common theme is mental health there's a common theme of mental health there as well um you hit me with a really mind-blowing stat the other day when we were talking neither of us knew this one in ten paralympians commit suicide suicide. that's mind-blowing i'm 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 well, we we know of people yeah, that yeah. have have yes mm. been in that situation themselves, but I, I didn't realise that it was so prevalent, and that's just that's just horrifying. That was shared with me by the CEO of Sporting Wheelies. Okay. You know, yeah. taking on the wheelies kind of challenge. Yeah. And then I remember that when we did some work with Invictus Games, so we did quite a bit of work with um, the young people from multicultural environments that were coming in and also mm. um, with our own Indigenous athletes. Mm. And um, coming out of Invictus, I think what really struck me was what happens after the event. Yeah. And yeah. that was what had struck me about sport generally. But then I thought this is going to be an even harder ground to hit Mm -hmm. because for one week everybody loves you and wants to know Mm -hmm. you and you have achieved so much. And the other person that's taught me so much is Kai Lambert who is, you know, he's the Paru's coach. He's Mm -hmm. one of our master trainers. And he says, yeah, what about this, Grazi? What about the fact that when um, Paralympians actually become healthier mm-hmm. then yes. they are no longer able to play their sport yeah yep. mm-hmm. so you're transitioned out of your sport because you became healthier and you acquired more skills in your body mm-hmm. but suddenly you lose your jersey yeah so this is about identity right down the line and it's about transitional resilience and it's about teaching transitional resilience just as subject matter in schools mm-hmm. that's what we do with our programs really nice and easily giving that exposure um, we've got a track program that works with universities to do that but i think it's so absent in sport mm-hmm. as an easy tech not just an app that you're doing automated because we've got that yeah but an actual easy to do easy to run app program mm-hmm. that says you know there's going to be different times in your transition and you might get knocked by an injury you you might have other things that happen but what you need most is to bounce yep. yeah yeah mm. Yeah, 100%. We know someone that talks about bouncing forwards. Mm, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not about just taking a step forwards. It's about bouncing forwards, having mm-hmm. that, that mental fortitude and resilience to be able to adapt to situations, whatever are thrown at you, and kind of 
bounce past it because I, I think it, it is more of a bounce in action than just a, a stepping action. Um, you know, life is always going to throw up challenges. That's just um, that's just life in general, 100%, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. And I think that becomes one of the things, I mean, I've got these two hats. One is I have to talk at this serious level and kind of talk about the stats and, and put my CEO hat on. And then if I were really sitting here in the essence of everything we're talking about, mm. you know, when I jump on to um, a session and I'm a trainer with my team, mm. I have so much fun. We just, we laugh and joke and work with teams of young people. And I love being able to get to go in and do that because... For me, that's what it's all about. It's it's about the fact that we're the scaffolding mm. that makes the building that each young person and each athlete that works with us has as their identity. Yeah. I, I have a question for you as someone with a psychology background. I, wa I want to know if this is actually a thing. Is it true that people who tend to demonstrate the most resilience also tend to use humour a lot? Because I, th I think it's, it seems to often be a common denominator that humour, the, the ability to find joy in life and happiness, and even when you know, even when shit's getting real, um, they people of resilience often tend to have that trait. D would you say that's true? I think one of the things that um, I think is really, really important is that there are so many emotions that cross a human being's face, mm. and. What we don't do is we don't go into who is experiencing that emotion. Humor is a, a natural antecedent to delving a little bit deeper sometimes. So we know that the great humorists in the world have also been some of the most depressed people. Yep, 100%. And so we tend to allow and accommodate humor to lighten up what can appear really heavy. Yes. And it's very important to be able to say, you know, it's not that bad and there is a way that life has of, of kind of reflecting back at you what it expects of you mm -hmm. and those can be very pressured expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that young people get really triggered by even, you know, parental influences or school influences saying, hey, let's have a conversation and they're like, don't have a conversation with me, this yeah. is too hard. Yeah. And, and ultimately you kind of go, where's the pressure coming from? Yeah. And the pressure is actually coming from not just the conversations we're having now, it's the social media. Mm -hmm. It's everything that's out yeah. there that tells 100%. you what you need to compare yourself to being. Yeah. So what I'd say is lighten up, yeah. mm. take a grain of salt, say that's actually not real. Yeah. Mm. What's real is the conversation that someone wants to have with you and the laughter that you can get to mm -hmm. when you can lighten it up and you can solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. couldn't agree so. more. So that was an interesting interview with Graziella. It was, was really great to have her on. That was really, really cool. Yeah, so she's she's awesome. Love what she's yeah. doing. Love yep. the um, the motivational side of things yep. and the mindset side of things mm -hmm. and all, all the help she's giving um, athletes and, and, you know, post their athletic I career. And, and uh, yeah, really, really interesting. I just, I love what the Optimization Hub stands for and, and what they do and, um, it's so needed. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Like the whole the whole resilience thing. I mean, we know in, in everything yeah. we do how much it's needed. So, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yes. Anyway, that was that yeah. was fantastic. So we will actually be playing the second half of Graziella's interview in next yes. week's show. So um, so listen out for that, guys, because mm -hmm. um, she's obviously got plenty more to say. And and um, yeah, yeah, awesome. Very cool. <laughs> I feel like we're not getting into this very well. <laughs> so, oh, uh, oh God. Anyway, what are we? What are we into next? Uh, let's do a segment. 
Okay, what do you want to do? Uh, let's do soapbox. Like two cripples using a beach towel to skydive, this could go anywhere. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this show's Welcome going somewhere. To the soapbox session. <laughs> Did we go to the pub before I, I thought of that or something? Because that that's just the weirdest thing in the world for me. Oh, are we often at the pub? Because I reckon our whole show every week is, uh, is pretty much we, us we're pre- two. We're pretty much at the pub before we would do this. So yeah, we most are. weeks. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. So but soapbox session for this week. Um, yeah, we've got an interesting one. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I. And this this is a really um, this one's really I'm really passionate about because it annoys the shit out of me. Okay, but well, isn't that the point of our soapbox session? Is kind of we get on it our is. high horses about something. We do, and uh, and I know equally it annoys the shit out of you. Yes. Um, but yeah, we disabled people, my people, your people, our people, our people. We want equity, and we want. And, and we want to be treated the same as everyone else. We want equality, yes. Except for when it fucking suits us. Yeah. Well, not you and me. Yeah. Okay. We're so, awesome, so, so, what you're saying is that <laughs> there are some people out there that mm. are fighting for equality. Yes. And and fighting for equity, which is something we all all deserve. Oh yes, I need to calibrate my insulin pump. Fucking brilliant! <laughs> just as just oh as we're halfway through a show, God. awesome. Not even okay, halfway. I know. You, we've well, literally yes. just started. We're well, we're we're into the two minutes and forty five seconds in. Well, into the segments. In, into anyway, the segment, yes. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you knew what I meant. You anyway, I meant. um, so what was I saying? What was I saying? What was I saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so the, we we want equality. We want equity, but we're forgetting that that actually goes. Both, Both ways. ways, absolutely. Both ways. So, yep. you know, sometimes equality and mm-hmm. equity can actually affect us in a negative way. Yeah, absolutely. And but surely, if equality exists, it kind of needs to be on all all levels. It even needs if, to go even both if that ways even if that's a, a negative yep. um, effect on you, if, if the whole point is everybody gets treated yep. equally. You can't be, you know, stamping your feet if you've got feet. Well, at least feed the work and say, I want equality, I want equity, you know, I want to be the tra- treated the same as everyone else. But but then when that actually happens and you're not happy about yeah. the outcome, yeah. um, and now I'm not talking about when it's like in, re- in regards to, you know, yeah. accessibility or, no. or that kind of thing, but certainly um, you are moving all over the place. I've just put your brake on. <laughs> And I just took the brake off. Oh, please keep it on. <laughs> you were rolling, rolling, rolling. Addy <laughs> exactly. I I am putting your brake on because you're going to send me to <laughs> sleep, dude. <laughs> Don't do that, dude. I know. I'll be, I'll be leaving we, you to do the show on your own. Oh, I know. <laughs> feel motivated because we had Graziella here and it was awesome and stuff. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, equality. So I'm not talking about when it comes to things like access and that that no. kind of stuff. But certainly, um, don't <laughs> so don't use your disability as, as an excuse just to. Yeah. Yeah. When when other people aren't being treated um, in in the yeah. same way and getting all those those extras and this that yeah. and the other, then yeah. you can't have that expectation too. No, exactly. Just just because it suits you personally, not not necessarily because it's about an equality thing. No. It's just that you kind of want something to suit you. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It just um. 
I'm going to get in trouble yeah. for saying that. I know I am because, but there are there are an element of people who take things to extremes who lean on who, who lean on the disability card a little bit too hard sometimes. Yeah, and, that, and and we're not oh God, and you know the majority don't, but there are no. there are some people out there that are kind of taking yep. taking the piss a they little are. bit, yeah, yeah. and 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 like. I mean, we get it. We live with yep. disabilities. We get the issues and the mm-hmm. and the problems and the challenges. And fuck, I mean, it's hard. Life can be mm-hmm. life can be a real pain in the ass when you're trying to mm-hmm. you know overcome those challenges yeah. and and kind of just lead life in the same way yeah. as everybody else. However, there are an element of people that really do have far higher expectations than what is actually possible yeah. even mm-hmm. more so than than what is available to the non-disabled public yeah. and if we want equality then it should be it should be that equality so yeah. that or, or equity so that the outcomes are the same not so that we're actually given better than somebody else 100%. we 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 should be expecting the same yeah. outcomes yep, exactly. and and and, and I think that's I think that's what's fair. Not mm-hmm. not this. Some sometimes there's this expectation that we that it's okay to be asking for more, and and that's also not fair. Bending, and, bending and the rules. Yeah, and it's mm. it's also taking you know business owners and other organisations to the to their extreme to yeah. what they can possibly provide, yeah. and it gives a bad name to the rest of the community. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes us seem yeah. like we're never happy that yeah, we we have these um ridiculously high expectations and 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 that's not fair on everyone as a collective because what we want is to be this to have the same opportunities and and equal outcomes not to be treated differently yeah exactly and and, and mollycoddled and, and kind of treated as if we're something special we're the same we're the same as everyone else exactly <laughs> we are so therefore the expectation that sh- should be that we're treated yeah. the same don't don't play the cripple card when it suits you and and then expect yeah. don't expect and then expect equity every everywhere else yeah you know? exactly it's not fair and yeah. it makes and it makes people who you know, do the right thing. Who who don't do that mm-hmm. look like shit. Yeah, yeah. and and and, and you know, I'd like to reiterate, reiterate, reiterate. Can you speak? Reiterate the fact that it's only a small minority it of is. people that are actually doing it. But mm-hmm. as as in every case in society, it's always the small minority. My God, dude, will you keep still? I'm trying to annoy you. It's fun. <laughs> How can I talk when you're doing that? Yeah, but you've annoyed <laughs> me enough today, so I think you know okay. it's. it's back you can finish the sentence because i have no fucking clue what i was gonna <laughs> say <laughs> oh yeah i'd like to reiterate the fact that it really is a very very small minority of people that do this yeah but yeah it is. yeah like how mm. how can we possibly expect everyone to get on and and want to understand each other's point of view yeah. if there's this small number of people that are actually going out of their way to try and make things really difficult for everybody yeah yeah absolutely yeah no i agree I, I just i i worry that we're saying this and we sound like mm. we're you know not understanding of of the people in our community but that really i think if anybody case. understands we do i mean we we obviously don't understand everyone's situation you know we're not we're not provido you know what everyone goes through on a, a daily basis, and you know different disabilities and stuff. But um, yeah, like I, know. I, I, like I said, I, I really, really think it's a tiny minority. But yeah. I think it, I think it's the same in in any sphere, and I don't just mean in, in disability, but any kind of mm-hmm. element of people that have these expectations 
is you know there's yep. always going to be the I guess the dicks out there yeah, yeah, that 100%. want so much more yep. for nothing yep. and and to be treated you know better than everybody mm. else yep. and that kind of you know those people are dicks too <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not it's not just about people in the sphere of disability disability mm. it's just about people in general there's yep. lots of lots of people around that do that and it's mm-hmm. just you know, it's not fair to everyone else because mm. it gives everyone a bad name and and it makes people not want to mm. help if, if that makes sense my, my biggest frustration is is the the minute minority of people i had to say that really slowly then because it wasn't going to come out properly but it's often that minute minority of people, got that out, are often the ones, uh, a lot of them are the ones that are out there campaign, campaigning, complaining. They're complaining. Com- that's that's complain- I like, hey, I like that. That, hey, that's, gonna, that, that actually works. Complaining. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coin that term yeah. now, complaining. I love it. They are complaining. Here on the Two Cripples, One Pair of Legs show, we exactly. have just coined a new phrase. I know. How good is that? <laughs> how good is that? You need to trademark but that. <laughs> I think I might, you know, complaining because they're campaigning, but they're complaining at the yes. same time. Yeah, yeah, carry Be- on. Because they want... They want the same and, you know, they want equal rights and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to the practice, like we were saying, when it comes to practice, it, it's not happening and it's not what's actually they're pushing for. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right. So we know, now we've put the world to rights. Hey, you've had a pretty big week. You've, I have. You've, well, you've, I have, yes. You've, you've had a big week. You had a... A part of you that's been removed. I've got to be careful how I say this. I'm going to get myself into trouble again. <laughs> Tash, is there something that you're not telling us about <laughs> certain certain appendages? <laughs> something. Your, you had your feeding tube removed. I did. I did. So I've had a an abdominal feeding tube right here uh, in my upper abdomen mm-hmm. um, for the last uh, 12 and a half years. Yep. Um, when I had it, when I had it um, put in 12 and a half years ago, mm-hmm. I was being sick up to 60 times a day wow. and, and, and my weight had plummeted to about 40 kilos. Mm. Um, bearing in mind, I'm 58 now, so I was 18 kilos less than I am and I'm, I am not a you know a sizable woman or anything no. so um so yes i was i was very very sick i have a an illness called gastroparesis which mm-hmm. means paralyzed stomach and i i struggled to digest food so yeah. the reason i was vomiting so much is because i couldn't get anything down and mm-hmm. they put the feeding tube in to to keep me alive and, and it has done just that for the last 12 and a half years but bloody marvelous um, it's been fantastic but it's also in recent years come with a lot of health complications yeah. it's it's been extremely painful i've had you know all sorts of infection problems and yeah. god knows what else so made the decision to have it removed and then oh god to admit it's been bloody awful yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's how's not, that working out yeah, for you no yeah. no it hasn't i've I, i'm i'm certain that it's the right choice for me there's a lot of fear around it because yeah. it's been my as a type one diabetics who can't easily digest food i can digest food Mm -hmm. better than i could back then however my my diet is still very restricted um so as a type 1 diabetic who can't treat hypos in the same way as other diabetics i don't Mm -hmm. get sugar into my system quick enough that was my that was my fail safe Mm -hmm. um so it, it it's been it's 
been a worrying experience. So we'll see what happens at Sydney Marathon in um, in a few weeks' time, whether yeah. I actually get through it alive or well, not. But Well, you're here to tell the tale. Yes, so I'm, I'm here at the moment, but I haven't <laughs> actually done any marathon distances at the moment. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, and, and the healing has not gone as well as I'd hoped mm. it had been. It's um, Life of a type 1 diabetic, eh? Yes, it's, it's definitely been a, a bit of a struggle the past few weeks. Um, yeah. If anyone's seen my social media, I'd, I've posted some of the photos and mm. it's um this you know the skin around the mm. the, the tube site completely broke down yeah. and the acid was getting into the cuts and it was mm. it was a oh, yeah. couple of nights there where i was on the brink of a bit of a breakdown with it mm. but yeah. no i'm i'm okay i i think i'm on i think i'm on the other side of things now so mm-hmm. yeah. fingers crossed oh kudos to you like it, it's a you know i don't give you props too often because you know you are a bit of a pain in the ass but i am not all the time. No, you're not. I'm joking. I am. I'll yeah. admit it. I'm a pain in the ass. You are I'm a pain okay in the ass, with that. Yeah. But, but it, it's a huge move. Like, yeah. So you've had that for, you know, like you say, 12, 12, and a half years. 12 and a half years. And, you know, it's, you know, when you were, you know, medicated for different things, you know, that was, and like you say, for your diabetes, it was yeah. fail safe. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a big step into a bit of an unknown territory. It but, is. Um, it is. And it, and it, uh, it's come with a lot of fear and a lot of yeah. worry and, and, and stuff, but it, it is what it is. And at the end of the day, I'm trying to make decisions in order to keep myself healthy in other ways. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had a lot of health problems the last 12 months and I'm, I'm kind yeah. of sick of it and feel like the tube has certainly had a big, yeah. a, it has been a big factor with that. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm hoping that this will be the right decision. And if it isn't, then we deal with that when it happens and hopefully I don't kill myself yeah, in absolutely. the process. <laughs> I think you know. I, I'm confident that once you're all healed up, and yeah, um, I, th- I, I look. I think it's the right choice. Mm. Um, we all have to make decisions in life that are tough, and yeah. and I got know, rid of my legs. I, w- I was going to say you have to, you know, trust in your gut feeling, but I'm not sure. My I think my guts are the problem. Yeah, aren't your they? guts <laughs> are the problem. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's um let let's see what happens with that. Jolly um, good. Yeah. Cool. Shall we uh shall we move on? Yeah. Why the hell not? All right. Excellent. All right. It's the moral of the day. That was fun. That was fun. Why was what that you, fun? Are you all right? I, well, I am actually the, the moron of the day. Why? Oh, well, because... In this segment, we're going to talk about something which is on a piece of paper, which happens to be in the yep. in the bag over there. So yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got a photo of it on my phone. So I'm currently looking for That's it. That's all right. That's okay because I I can tell the story. Yeah, tell the story. So as we as we just mentioned in the previous segment on soapbox, we did we we do uh, go to the pub generally for lunch before we come into the studio to we do. do to do our podcast. Um, you know, it's a good way to fuel and, you know, fuel for the podcast and get, you know, talk, talk plans and, 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 and loosen our tongues, a loosen little. our tongues a little bit, and, you know, <laughs> go from being professional to podcast ready. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. And so it was an interesting situation. And so anybody who's a wheelchair user or who, or who uses a mobility aid, um, device, Will probably uh, can and drives a car or you know gets driven around can probably vouch for this. Disabled car parks, they're they're an interesting thing. Yes, we often have you have disabled car parks that are wider, 
and you know and you know good and we can get wheelchairs in and out of them and you know other people with mobility devices do you want to be careful you're gonna hit me in the face in a minute <laughs> i feel like you might be trying to i no. can i can feel the air rushing past me <laughs> some kind of neo matrix bullshit what? going on <laughs> so anyway so yeah disabled car parks and we often find in a lot of places that they have disabled car parks but they are no wider than uh, a standard car park, which for you and I is it's freaking useless. useless. But even when they when they are wider, they're for two wheelchair users yeah. that both have to open their doors as mm-hmm. wide as possible in order to both get our chairs up next to the car. Because yeah. remember, neither of us have the ability to stand up and and get into our chairs. So yes. we have to. I mean, you don't have legs to. You don't I, have. You I don't do. have a leg to stand on. I do not bunch. have a leg to stand on. No. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Um. So so we both be out. So even a standard size um, disabled mm-hmm. parking spot that doesn't have the chevrons down yep. the side is just. It's no good. For, for us most of the time yep. especially as people quite often park on the line mm-hmm. next yep. door to the yes. car so you know if that happens at either side of us you've got got no chance yeah but yep. anyway Absolutely. i digress carry on yeah, yeah so um quite often i've, I've had to get I, I call it getting creative when i've i've, I've been parking mm-hmm. and sometimes what I'm, I'm forced to do when there's no accessible parking that i can access with when you're in the car is i end up finding uh, two spots up the back of a car park away from everyone else as much as I can and I park across the two of them because I need we need the width to mm, get two wheelchairs mm. out. Well, I did that the other, while we were out for lunch the other day. Um, I, I did exactly that and um, uh, and uh, I came back to my – we went and had lunch and we were coming in here and I got out to my car and some there was a piece of paper on my rear windscreen uh, of the rear windscreen of my car and it read – uh, you've got it there. Excellent. I have. You I have. I found it. I found it. It is. And block your ears, kids. You are. I'd a be worried if any kids were listening to our show. To be fair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this says in really nice uh, handwriting. You are a fuckwit! Exclamation mark. Your car is shit anyway. Another exclamation mark. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if anyone were to. Look at your. I, I I'm pretty sure that that person has just made the assumption that you're parking parking, a, parking like across. No, no, parking across two spots because you don't want to scratch your car. Because yeah. lots of people do that. Yeah. Lots of people yeah. do that. But if anyone took a good look at your car, yes, and and my car is shit. No, I'm, you, no, I'm your well car's your car. No, your car's not shit. But it's a bit battered. <laughs> it's a bit battered at the moment. I mean, it's somebody ran up the back of it yes. not that long ago. A couple of weeks ago, and, yeah. and it's it's not an, it's not a new car. It's mm. what is it? It's it's a two thousand and nine. So yeah. it's you know it's old, and I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, it gets two wheelchairs pulled in and out of yeah, it, exactly, umpteen it's times a day, plus a racing wheelchair. But anyway, it's mm. it's it's clear that you're not, you know, looking after a, a you know a Merc or a bloody Lamborghini or something, yeah, and, yeah. and it's you know a, a brand new car or anything. Mm-hmm. Very unlikely that you'd be too worried about, a, you know, a small scratch or, or, or whatever, and yeah, parking exactly. ac- parking across two spots for that. And if they took an even you know better look, they'd see the wheelchair that's mm-hmm. left in the back of it, my racing yeah. chair, yep. and also um, that the disabled badge on the front. So yeah. <sighs> It's, it's that, once again, it's that assumption and, and yep. people not. But anyway, we just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was. I mean, people just don't make – and and I get, you know, it's frustrating 
it would be frustrating for someone if they were wanting to park there or whatever. But you know, there's there's car park full of a million other spots. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. go and use one of the other ones. Don't. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, guys, if there's somebody out there that you notice has taken up two parking spots, before you get angry with them and make the assumption that they're doing it just not to get their car scratched, maybe take a look and see whether they've got yeah. a disabled badge in the front because. It's something we're quite often forced to do. Like we said, a lot of disabled car parks aren't actually, the parking spots aren't actually big enough for somebody to be able to fully open their door. Mm -hmm. Those those spots are fine if all you've got is a a slight mobility issue and you can't walk very far. Awesome. But... For, you know, for most of us, that's not the case. We actually need the width yeah, exactly. to, to be able to get, you know, mm. enter enter and exit our vehicles. So maybe take a look at that before you exactly. leave, leave notes, <laughs> notes like your I've, car's I've, shit anyway. Your car's shit anyway. <laughs> I know. Thanks for the thanks for the bloody news bulletin. Oh, I'm thanks aware. for telling us something that we didn't know. <laughs> My dirty black. 2009. Oh, she's com- she no, she's Betty. fine. She gets us around. Betty's awesome. We love Betty. She's no, I've named she my really car Betty. She really isn't an awful car. No, she she really she, isn't. She doesn't look like a rust bucket or anything. But but yeah, she, it's not as if it's some kind of you know 2023 frigging Lambo yes. that you yeah. that you're worried about. I I suspect it was probably the car. There was somebody <laughs> parked beside me, and they had a really nice car. Like it was a. Was it uh, a Lexus? Oh no, the Lexus was the other side. No, it was like a Camaro or something. Yeah, like, like it was. O- it was a nice, really nice. Yeah, and it may have been them. It was definitely. It was definitely a, a car head because. Yeah. Um. It was a. a well, because because the, only somebody like that would reference your car anyway. Your car is shit anyway. <laughs> I know. Thanks. So, dude, if you are watching, and I'm assuming you're a dude, because you know, <coughs> I got I, new- that's been really assumption. I've I've got news for you. I have. I hate oh, to yeah, tell you. You reckon it's a woman? Well, I've been. I I would never dare make that assumption ever. I wouldn't make that assumption. <laughs> However. I posted the the note to. It did look like female writing, and I've had three different females mm. say that's a woman's writing. So, yeah. Yeah, one one I of agree. one of which um, was my year one teacher, who's been a teacher for her whole life for her whole life. Yeah, um, and I would very much trust trust her judgment. Yeah, She's looked at that. a lot of that, that lot it of handwriting did, it, over it's the years. Very, so. It's very neat writing. Mm. It is very very neat writing. But if it belonged to the person in the car next to us, that definitely looked like a dude's car. Very, very flowy and... Yeah. Yeah. It was nice writing. It was nice. Thank you for the nice writing, by the way. We appreciate you for that, for being legible, but... Yeah. Got to say, you're a douche. Yeah. <laughs> you are today. It's born of the day. <laughs> I bet you didn't know that that was going to lead to you being on a podcast, yeah, hey? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Hopefully they've listened. Hopefully they've. I, I'm sure, I'm sure though, that they're, you know, they were looking at us thinking we were morons of the day for yeah. parking like that, that, but I you know. know. I'll, I'll anyway. post, I'll, I'll post a photo of this sign to um, our social media pages to Insta and Facebook and yeah, because. By the way, <laughs> I wasn't making the assumption of it being a dude because they were acting like a dude. I was making that assumption because I thought the car next to us belonged to a dude, not. Oh no, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah, and d- the whole your car is shit anyway. I'm like, ah, oh, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd really, I actually want to <laughs> know. I'm really curious to know who left that note. If it was you, please tell us. We won't give you a hard let, time. Let's <laughs> know. I mean, we, we've give, we've just given you a hard time, so you know, we're, we I think we're, think, we're, we're even now. Yeah, we actually yeah. think it's quite funny, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. come and say hi. We'd love to have a chat. Anyway, that's it for this week's this show. Is, this is the show. Excellent. Uh, so 
part two. So part two of Graziella's yep. interview will be coming next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to hear what else she's got to yep. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep, like like usual. Thanks for thanks for watching. Thanks yeah, for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. If you um, if you enjoyed the show, please mm-hmm. give us some positive feedback. If you didn't, please don't give us a hard Look time. Us no, a no, follow no, and a like. And we, we're all all, we're always um, open to feedback. And um, yes, absolutely. Get onto the two yep. crips dot one pair of legs on Instagram page. Uh, two crips one pair of legs podcast on Facebook. Or even make sure you follow the YouTube channel. You uh, you know where we're at. Excellent. And we'll catch you next time. Have a great week. See you guys. Peace. Well, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Two Cripples, One Pair of Legs. As always, we'd like to thank our studio guests for joining us and, of course, to the legends at Podfire for making all of this come to life. If you like what you've heard or even if we've offended the shit out of you but you still want to hear more, make sure you hit the subscribe button and also check out our Insta page, twocrips.onepairoflegs, and you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops.